done. Or maybe the things he's doing now. Oh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and of John, we find that Jesus is dead. They, by wicked hands, took him and crucified him. And he had died, and his body was still in his lifeless form, hanging upon the rugged, cruel cross of Calvary. A mass of beaten human flesh that man could not fully recognize because of the sadistic hand of men, and yet had suffered such anguish, not only in the soul but in the body, until finally the time come when he dismissed his spirit. And his body remained upon the tree. According to Jewish law, if someone did not come and take that body, then it would be disposed of however way they saw fit, because they were not allowed to leave anyone hanging on the cross after until or after six o'clock. And so all of the disciples that had followed Jesus all that time, who had reveled in, in the glory and saw the beauties. Everything that Jesus had done was standing afar off while his body hung lifeless there. Now, whoever would have taken that could have disposed of it any way they saw fit. Buried it in a pauper's grave, took it to the valley where they burned human flesh and other flesh and disposed of it then. But there was a man called Joseph of Arimathea who was a secret disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's much to be said about that, and we'll not go into that, because a lot of times disciples of Christ, followers of Him, are not vocal, but they are there when they're needed. Right. And I thank God for followers of Jesus that many times are not vocal or even recognized, but when the time comes that somebody needs to step forth, these individuals step out of the shadows when no one else dares to. And Joseph of Arimathea did that, a ruler of the Jews, a great man and a very rich man, stepped out of the shadows and went and boldly begged the body of Jesus. And then also come Nicodemus, another disciple who you don't hear much of, came to Jesus by night. Right. He came and brought some spices to anoint the body of Jesus as best they could. And hurriedly they lay the body of Jesus in a tomb that Joseph of Arimathea had hewn out or had hewn out for himself. And the man had never lain there. And these two, two followers of Jesus in the silence, while the rest of them looked on, these ladies were sitting there watching all that was going on. And they took the body hurriedly and buried it. And these ladies noticed that the body had not been embalmed properly or even laid to rest and wrap properly, and it was in their heart that they should give Jesus at least a decent burial. Right. You know, there's much said about women. I don't say that I champion the women's cause. I don't believe in ERA, but I do believe sometimes ladies are pushed in the background. But these ladies, you, you won't find any place in the Bible where a lady ever said an unkind thing about Jesus. You search it out, all you want to, and they were always responsive to this individual. And these ladies saw this. And as they looked around, they saw that Jesus was not getting the proper burial. And they purposed in their heart that they would get spices and everything that was needed and go after the Sabbath day and anoint the body of Jesus. 
And this brings us up to our scripture. They rose early in the morning. It was still light. It was still dark. And they had rousted themselves out of bed and rose early in the morning. And as they were walking toward that sepulcher with those spices to embalm the body of Jesus, there was a question in their mind, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And in order to fully understand that, we should read probably about the 27th chapter of Matthew 62 and 63. These ladies had a problem. A greater problem perhaps than you and I. And I might ask, you might ask, well, what, this, what does this have to do with us? Because there's many stones that need rolling away in our life individually. And there's many stones that need to be rolled away for us as a congregation. And this is a church. And the primary question in our minds is, who's going to roll the stone away? Who's going to get rid of the barriers that's there? Who's going to take care of this and that? In other words, who's going to entice? And we'll find the answer that when man has done all he can, and he does the possible, then Almighty God, as he always does, comes on the scene and does the impossible. Right. Have you ever noticed when you go your limit, and God does expect us to go our limit. Have you ever noticed when you reach a place past the human hands to grasp and deal with? When you've gotten to the place to where your heart is broken, you're in despair, you're sad, you're lonely, you're disturbed, and you've gone as far as human mind and limitations can take you. And there's a barrier there, and immediately, who's going to roll the stone away? And then comes Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's a flat of ease to do the thing that is necessary that human mind and hearts cannot do. And I don't believe I need all that racket. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anybody know where to turn that thing down on? Is it hard on your ears? Am, am I doing all right? I don't want to ground you out, but I do have a real good voice. And uh, I, I don't want to hurt your ears. Is everybody all right with that? Is that all right? Let's try it. All right. We want you to be sure and hear but they came there, and this was their problem. There was a huge stone. They saw the stone being rolled there with Joseph of Arimathea. Now, history records that Joseph didn't roll the stone there himself. He was a rich man and had a lot of servants. And when it says Joseph did it, actually, it means that he gave orders to do it. And so there's no telling how many men. It could be five men. It could have been 15 men. At, at, at least not less than time that would have rolled the stone there on that tomb. And these ladies, Luke records, sat there and watched them do this. And yet, something struck a chord inside. Something made them get up early, out of bed, and head with spices in order to perfume or embalm the body of Jesus, knowing all the time that the stone was there. And they reasoned among themselves as they walked. When we get there, who's going to roll the stone away? But they had more of a problem than that. Matthew 27 tells us that some of the Pharisees came to Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that what this babbler was here. He said that after three days, I'll rise again. And he said, Now we want to be sure he stays in the tomb. And so what we want is this. We would like to have a watch. And we would like to have a seal on the tomb. So you see, they had a Roman seal, one of the greatest seals 
No one dared to mess with a Roman seal when it was placed someplace. No one dared to do anything about it. And a seal was placed on that stone. And not only was a seal there, but there was the soldiers and watch. So you see these ladies? You see the face some way they had? You see them heading down toward there, knowing there was a stone it took at least five men to put there? Knowing the Roman seal was upon there, and knowing there were soldiers there to guard it, but yet something inside because of their love for Jesus drove them out of their bed early in the morning and headed them toward the sepulcher, knowing that surely some way, somehow the stone would be rolled away. Now there's one thing that God does require and that's for man to do all that is in his power to do. Now sometimes I doubt seriously that we as God's people do everything that's in our power to do. Sometimes we limit ourselves. Sometimes we say if it's to be done, let God do it. But friend, God will only do that which we are incapable of doing. But we must some way get the burden and the love for the Lord Jesus Christ as much as these ladies did as they came out of it, headed toward the sepulchre with the spices in their hand and one thing alone that burdened their heart is that they wanted their master to have a decent burial. Amen. Love took them to the tomb. Love caused them to go in spite of the obstacle that was there. And then there's but one thing that get us out of our idiocracy and our mediocre way of doing things. And that's the love of God. Head toward Him. Recognize that there's presence and power in Him. And exert every ounce of energy and strength that you have. And when you're exhausted ever major, look up and claim the blessings of God and the name of Jesus. And the stone will be rolled way. Hallelujah. They came and the Bible says that there was a great earthquake. You see their doubts were dispelled as they got closer to the tomb. There was a great earthquake and the stone was rolled away and two angels came and sat on either end of it and said, who do you see? He said, we seek Jesus. They said, he's not here. He is risen from the dead. A stone had already been rolled away. Thank God. And there's a lot of stones. There's a lot of barriers. There's a lot of things in our day that only God can move. Amen. There's things that has happened in this church that only God can take care of. There's things that's happened in lives right now in this assembly that only God can take care of. Who can touch a wounded heart? Who can come? But a weary soul who can come and touch and take care of the loneliness and the heartache. Friend, who can roll this stone away? My hands can only reach so far. My words can only reach the human ears. The things that I say in my feelings towards you cannot do the job. But when there is one that sticketh closer than a brother and roll the stone of disappointments away and roll the stones of sadness away and command the heart and put it back together and let you know that though this day is sad and the avail rolled away and we'll enter one day into the eternities of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who rolled the stone away? Friend, I say this morning, Jesus will roll the stone away. He always has, and He always will roll the stone away. But what we need is not only ladies, that we need men that will rise up bravely and realize there's barriers out there that we can never undo. Things out there we can never move. Stones that we cannot roll away. And at least let's get up 
and head that way and say we're going to do something for Jesus. We don't know what we can do. Many times we're so limited. Human mind and intellect can only reach so far. But friend, God asked us to do no more than our capabilities can do. The lesson here is who will roll the stone away. All down through the history of time, you have had individuals has headed a direction knowing full well that they could not accomplish it, that God alone could. We have Abraham's intercessory prayer for Lot. As they could not dwell together any longer, Lot chose the plains of Jordan, looked out and saw what was beautiful in his eye. But Abraham, instead of passing his eyes upon the beauties of this world, upon the plains of this world, Abraham sought a city that has foundation whose builder and maker is God. In other words, Abraham looked past the plains of Jordan, looked past the fleshly ideas and opinions, and sought a city that had foundation. He looked past this veil of tears in their place where there's happiness, and no sorrow would be there, and no suffering, and no toil, and no care, and he sought a city. Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, but Abraham built an altar. Don't you agree this morning if there ever was a time that man needs to build an altar? It's in your day and mine. We need an altar in our home. We need one in our automobile. We need one in our place of work. And certainly we need one in the house of God. Amen. Churches have disintegrated to the place that we feel like that the altar is for the saint. That friend, the altar was first or for the sinner. That the altar was first built for the saint. Yes. Abraham building an altar. Yes. No greater man lived than Abraham. And he built an altar and it was there at that altar that he offered his sacrifice. Right. Every child of God ought to have an altar. Every child of God ought to utilize the altar of this assembly sometime and utilize the altar in their home. Who will roll the stone away? Only God could deliver Lot sat the gate of Sodom and Abraham stood before God who had sent his destroying angels determined to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham stood before God. There's somebody in Sodom Abraham was saying to God that I'd like to see saved before you destroy it. Let me ask you a question, Saint. Is there somebody out there in this world you'd like to see saved before destruction comes? Well, intercessory prayer is the only answer you have. Many times we talk, many times we beg, and many times we plead. I pray the saint on his knees, interceding before God, has a power that the world can't block, and the powers of hell cannot create a barrier up against there. Who will go the stone away? Abraham saying, I can do all that I can do, but who will go the stone away? And Almighty God sent an angel to deliver Lot from his destruction. Abraham had a choice to make again another time. God promised him these words. He said, your seed in all the world, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed with your seed. And Isaac, and then said, through Isaac shall your seed be called. And the promise was in Isaac. And yet there come a time after Isaac was born that Abraham was told by the voice of Almighty God to get his only child, his only son, and take it to the mountain and sacrifice it. 
I want you to think about that just for a moment. There was a promise of God. And there was a command of God. Who can reconcile a promise and a command? No one can reconcile a promise and a command like that. The promise said, was said through Isaac shall your seed be called. The command of God was to sacrifice your son. Seemed to be opposite. And what God asked is this. We obey the command. And it's up to God to fulfill the promise. Amen. Who's going to roll the stone away? Many times things seem adverse. Many times it seems impossible. And many times God has given us a promise. And the command seems to completely contradict the promise. And there's no reconciliation to them. So what do we do? We just obey the command. And it's up to God to fulfill the promise to you. Has God made you any promises this morning? As far as your individual life is concerned. Has God made you any promises? As far as this church is concerned. Then you have a command. And that command is to go and work in the vineyard. And it's going to be up to God to fulfill His promises. Laying in the bed, not too many nights after that we accepted this, I was meditating with God, pleading with God, begging with God for some sunlight some way through the darkness and the shadows, what seemed like such an idiotic move. And yet there was something that grasped my heart. Now, I'm not given to Malarney, so to speak. And when I met the people and felt the people and saw the desires in their heart and saw the will, I knew that somewhere, somehow, God must have something there. God needed something here. God needs something here this morning, friend. And He's chosen you and set you here to be pillows. And He didn't mean for us to stay here alone. He meant for us to collect and to do and to pray and to agonize and to worship and present a spirit here such as would draw humanity to the throne of God and to the grace of God. Amen. While I was more or less agonizing with God seeking an answer, I knew what His promise was. I knew what His command was. And they seemed so opposite. And He still dealt with me as He said, You obey the command. It's up to me to fulfill the promise. I said these words, God, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what can be done, if anything. And His words were this, If you will suffer, and the people will suffer, I will add to, and I will bless. And that's all I have. I don't have anything else. God didn't call us to ride the stars. God didn't call us to get on the merry-go-round. God called us to suffer. He chose us to suffer. And He asked us to suffer. And He's asking us to suffer tonight. And forgive the spices. Give whatever it takes to honor Jesus. Head toward the sepulcher. Because when we get there, there will be somebody and roll the stone away and do what we cannot do. Amen. I can foresee. And I said, I'm not given to this. And I can foresee if there's dedication, if there's prayer, if there's concern, if there's sealing of the lips, to fault finding an open of the heart to Almighty God. I can foresee and inflict soul saved. What we need to pray is God give us a lonely, give us a disturbed, give us a discouraged, give us the maimed, give us the halt, give us the blind, give us souls that nobody else wants. Bring them into those doors. And let us present them unto you and your spirit enter into their hearts. Give us those 
and our rubbish to the world. And give us souls for our labor and for our I can see obstacles. And I also know that as these ladies headed toward the tomb, there was a stone they couldn't roll away. And it didn't keep them getting up early in the morning and heading that way anyway. And there's a stone that we can't roll away. Barriers that we'll never be able to lift. Things that we will never be able to live down. That friend, that doesn't give us, that doesn't give us a choice to settle down in our lethargy and apathy and say it just can't be done. What you need to do is realize that God hasn't been honored right. He hasn't properly been anointed. And we need to gather whatever's necessary and head where he's at, regardless of what might be there. He said, as Abraham went on, took his only son there. I sometimes look and I wonder at the faith, and yet the Bible said he staggered not. In other words, he accepted what God said, took and headed toward that mount, laid his son down, and his son was a big guy, wasn't a little baby, and he was a big man. He didn't have to submit. And because he was disciplined by his father, he submitted. And he laid down there and it bound him. And Abraham was about ready to obey the command and plunge a knife through the heart of that which God said, From your seed will all the nations of the earth be blessed. And something way down inside made Abraham to know that if God allowed him to take that life, that same God could restore that life. And I'll say this, I believe right there had Abraham bound Almighty God to the promise that he would give his only begotten son. Because if Abraham in human flesh was able to give his only son, then Almighty God himself would have to submit to the same thing. And submit he did as he laid his only begotten son on the altar and he hung on the cross where I should have been and where you should have been. He rolled the stone away. You see, we did not have access to salvation. You see, there was no way that we could have it. There was a barrier between us and God that Jesus came and rolled the stone away and we were able to walk into the very presence of the living God and we're able to live there. We're able to be there right now. Let's wave our hands and say, thank God for the intercessory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jim says, I may have a little bit of schooling, but I've never really learned how to be just so-so in preaching. I find something in God that I won't find in a seminary. I won't find in a school. I find the Holy Spirit of God, the unction of the Holy Spirit, and it excites me and lets me know that every stone and every barrier and everything that's placed there can be rolled away, not by human hands, but by the mighty hand of Almighty God. Speak the word only. Speak the word only, he says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moses and the children of Israel almost ready to leave had a land of Egypt and God purposely led them where the Red Sea would block their escape. Hardened Pharaoh's heart him so much that he sent the Egyptian army past to them. There was a barrier there. There was a Red Sea before them. Pharaoh's army behind them. Who was going to roll the stone away? You see, they'd gone as far as they could go. And back of them, they would have to be destroyed. Or else they would have to cross the Red Sea. 
How was he going to get across? It was treacherous. It had risen. It, it had gathered itself higher than ever before. And I'm sure Moses, as he looked at God, was saying the same words. Who's going to roll this stone away? I'm going to deliver the children of Israel. You've got me out here. What's going to happen? And then the voice of Almighty God thunders down through the corners of time and the halls of eternity to our day and says, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of Almighty God. I say that's good advice for any man, woman, boy, or girl has reached the end of their rope and don't know where else to turn. Stand still and see the salvation of God. It's all in God's hands then. Nothing else you can do. Nothing else you can say. Just stand still. Stay there. Paul says, having done all this there, stand there for having a lowering skirt about with the truth. Amen. Tells you what the garments are. Fear not and stand still. Elijah was for immersing the false prophets of Baal, took twelve stones, built an altar, made a trench around the altar, put wood in order, cut the bullocks in pieces, laid the bullocks on the wood, poured twelve barrels of water. Who's going to roll the stone away? There it was. Who's going to do it? Elijah prayed. Fire came down, consumed the burnt sacrifice, consumed the wood and stones and dust, and even licked up the water. That was in the trench. I'll still say this, saints of God, if we do everything that's within our power and everything we know how to do and we get past the limits of human hands and past the will of human frailties, then we can expect and fully expect Almighty God to come and roll the stone away. The Hebrew children, of course, was cast in the fiery furnace because they themselves would not bow down to that idol. And who's going to take care of them? You know the story. There was a fourth man that came in the fire and flamed, fanned the flames. Who's going to roll the stone away? 120 went to the upper room, commanded Wash to go to the upper room and wait for the promise. It was in their power to go. It was in their power to tarry. It was in their power to wait. And it was not within their power to receive the power of the Holy Ghost as yet. It had to be set down and a mighty presence of God. And while they carried, some say seven days, and some say ten, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And he rolled a stone away and filled all the house where they were sitting. And they set upon each of them, throwing tongues lighted up fire. And they began to speak in another tongue as a spirit give up. The stone was thrown away, friend. And I've got news for you. They didn't stay in the upper room. They didn't enjoy their experience alone. God didn't give it to them for that. And they came out of the upper room with a power and presence and with a message to lost in the dying world. Had caused 3,000 souls to be saved hey. in one day. Now there had to be something inside of them. Hey. As they moved out of that upper room, they was moving into a world that had hated Jesus and had despised them. And they went in there weak and meek and powerless. But something came that changed all of this. As they came out of that upper room, faced the same jeering crowd, had crucified the master. The same man had cursed and said, I don't know who he is. Now filled with the power. 
he himself could not recognize stood up and ministered to those same sadistic minds of men and 3,000 souls were saved in one day. Who rolled the stone away? Friend, we can come here day after day and night after night and I can minister under the fervency of the Spirit or I can teach or I can stand and truly demonstrate whatever God does and that is not going to do it. And you can come and be consistent in your coming day in and day out until we reach our limits until we've done all we can do. Until we can suffer. Until there's no more suffering left in us. Until we can deny ourselves. Until there's nothing else to be denied. Then the stone will still be there. We will never move the stone. That right. God is going to see when we get to it. And it's going to be gone. Amen. An angel came and moved it. There's a lot of barriers. I'm not fooling myself. Not for a moment. Has a lot of battles. Has a lot of hard fights. But friend, the one thing that inspires individuals. Now you can talk or say what you want to about it. But people, people who are lost and people who are in need don't want to come and sit in a dry service. Right. They come to get something. Amen. They come to feel something. Yes. And I don't care how few there is. It is up to you and I to supply their own the spirit Amen. that will draw all men unto Jesus. Amen. It's up to our lives. Not only must we pray at home, but we must come inside and realize that people come to feel the presence of God. Yes. We have to demonstrate it. We have to not only live it, but we have to demonstrate it. Amen. There's barriers there. I've read people. There's a meeting. You have a town of 17,000, probably more, plus the surrounding communities. You have a lot of churches. You have a lot of big churches. And you don't need to tell me there isn't people that's dissatisfied. There isn't people that's hurt. And there isn't people that really don't feel welcome. Come and on. we need to make this a haven. Amen. We need to be willing to accept whatever God sends. Yes. Some may come in dirty. God can clean them up. Amen. Outwardly and inwardly. They may come in of different races or creeds or colors who called us to put a color barrier there. Come on. God called us to save souls or see his souls and save. We're not going to do it in 30 minutes or 30 hours or perhaps 30 days, maybe even 30 months. Maybe God has to do something to us before he can do something for anyone else. Amen. Who's going to roll the stone away? Well, it'll still be there until somebody, ladies or gentlemen, either one, gets the spices or whatever necessary and starts mm -hmm. to honor Jesus with it. Amen. The stone will still be there. We can set, these ladies could set and turned over and said, well, Jesus was very, very, rather hurriedly. He really, really was honored like he should have been honored because they had to get him down. Nobody that followed Jesus openly, nobody offered to get his body down. Isn't that a shame? This had to take somebody that had secretly admired and waiting for the coming king to come and risk his whole life right. and beg the body. And then another man who came to Jesus by night 
The only thing that he had to perfume his body was brought by this man. While those that followed Jesus, even his closest disciples, stood and watched his lifeless body hang upon the cross, knowing full well that if hanged there before even, even time, they could come and just dispose of it any ungodly way they wanted to. And these two men moved upon by the presence of God and said, I've got to do something about that. And they did the best they could, and these ladies stood there and watched them. I knew that it wasn't done right. And they could they had to let the Sabbath day pass. They went and got the spices on the preparation day. They let the Sabbath day pass. And then very early, the first day of the week, they got out of their bed. They could have laid in their bed and said, I I washed them on that stone there. There's just three of us. I watched those big men on that stone there. We can't ever get it away. I watched them as they put their own seal on there. I watched them as they put the guards around there. Oh, um, why don't we just go back to sleep? There's nothing we can do. You see, that's typical of many of us if we're not careful. But they rose out of bed, took the spices, headed toward the tomb with this question. Who wrote the stone away for us? They headed that way. It's questioning a lot of our lives, barriers, incidents, things that's happening that we can't handle ourselves. But somebody is here this morning to roll the stone I want you to stand for a few minutes. Would you stand with me just for a few minutes? And as an individual, that double meaning. As an individual this morning, if your heart's heavy, if you're lonely, distracted, disturbed, you've gone as far as you can go. Jesus is here to touch you. He'll take care of the things that you can't take care of yourself. And he'll say the words to you that no human can ever say. And he'll caress you and love you in such a fashion that no human can ever do. This morning, while we tarry just for a few minutes, I'd like, if you have these problems, I'd like to just pray with you. And I'd like just for a moment, I don't know anybody here, I'm just kind of shooting in the dark, but I'd like to pray with you. I think God can solve your problems this morning, at least help you and get you on your way to recovery. I want you to boldly step out. We will not keep you here. You can go as you please. We just want to pray with you. Kind of share your load. And then after this, just a few moments, I'd like for the church, all that are seriously, seriously contemplating a move of the Holy Spirit. In just a few moments, I'd like for you to come and really dedicate your life and your heart. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anyone here this morning that has a problem? I can't solve your problem. But I can unite with you. Would you just step out and just step right up here? Step right up here and we'll pray with you. God bless them. Is there anyone else? Praise you. Is there anyone else? I feel a beautiful spirit this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Who will go the stone away? Jesus Christ. Would you step out now on this room standing here? We don't want to keep waiting here.